Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Today on CityCast DC, it is the final episode of our Summer Entertainment Guide presented by Clyde's Restaurant Group, where we help you make sense of summer's overwhelming options for how to spend your days. Today, we're all about festivals. Summer in DC is full of them, and Nicole Schaller from District Frey is here to tell you which ones to hit, which ones to skip, and how to get the most out of them. Today is Tuesday, June 20th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. So there are like a lot of summer festivals in DC. It can be kind of overwhelming, and uh, I am so glad you were here to break them down with us. I'm excited to be here, and yes, Tons of festivals, tons of opportunities, but then it can also be an issue of deciding what to do and what, where to go. <laughs> All, right. All right. So start us off with some general tips on what people should consider. If like you are thinking, I probably got it in me to go to a couple festivals this summer, what to go to, what not to, how to decide that? I think you need to know what your own interests are. I think there's a lot of opportunities to do food festivals, wine festivals, but then there's also music festivals. That's this whole other entity. And then there's culture and then there's culture and music hybrid festivals. So kind of figure out what what's your purpose of going. Um, if you're someone who's a music head or loves a certain genre, there's a lot of different genre ones as well throughout the summer. So figure out what you're looking for and then look at the dates kind of go opposite for start with what your genre and then go backwards. And then for tips, I mean, if you need a general guide, um, there are definitely certain things that every festival you want to look out for. Always figure out where the bathrooms are. It's a silly one, but it's important. I don't I don't know that there's any time in life when that's not important. You think, but then there's always a time in the day since the festival you're walking for hours and you don't you don't know where to go. So it's important to know that. It's important to stay hydrated. Uh it's easy to kind of forget those two things, even though they're most basic level um stuff. So water bottles, sometimes they'll bring let you bring in empty ones. That way you can keep filling up. There's a lot of times different stops throughout that are communal spaces where you can fill up water, clear bags if there's security issues. A lot of times music festivals require that. So just nice to have one for the summer going in. And then a lot of times we'll allow dry snacks and things. So just those kind of basic things. And also charging cords or end or one of those cordless power chargers is also a good one to do um, to have in your bag. Let's go through some of the things on the calendar. Let's start yeah. with the Out and About Festival, which is this coming weekend. Yeah, it's This soon. is the first time this music festival has happened. And it is, if I understand right, it's connected to Pride. Yes, it is connected to Pride. It's the first time they're doing it. It's the first time at a national park. They're doing an LGBTQ plus Pride Festival themed music festival. So wh- where is it? It is in Vienna at Wolf Trap. So it's a little bit of a distance. You have to do 
make sure you have a car and a way to get there. But it's going to be totally worth it. It's a huge park. It's an actual national park. And they have just put in like $15 million of renovations into this whole venue and the space and the stages. So with that excitement aside, the lineup is also great. It's got Brandy Carlisle um, as the headline for both days. The lineup's a little different each day. It's on Saturday and Sunday, the 24th and the 25th. They have uh, some local artists that are some, some pretty well-known ones, um, Bad Moves, as well as Oh He Dead, who just won a, Wh- a Whammy Award for Best Pop Artist. But is it just daytime or is it is it night? It's throughout the day. Yes, throughout it's, it's a whole day kind of thing. They're offering tickets for one day or both days. So, I mean, pace yourself. That's <laughs> what I always say. So I usually pick one day, whichever lineup looks more aligned for you. But they also have, I mean, they have a whole group of range of artists um, that are both internationally known as well as local. Um, so it's a good mix. Um, and it should be a good time. And just so folks know, can you bring a picnic? Can you bring your own food? Can you bring your own drink when you go there? Yes, all those things you can do. Um, it's a, one kind of cool bonus of being a national park. You can bring food, non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages in and enjoy it like a picnic while being around international music. So it's a pretty cool deal. <laughs> When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. All right, so next up, this is not a new festival. It's the opposite. There's the Smithsonian Folklife Festival, which is a venerable, you know, I think anyone who grew up in D.C. has been like, marched around there and what seems inevitably like the hottest day of the year. <laughs> it's on the National Mall. It's been there since 1967. Can you like just tell people what it is and 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 then what this year's one is about? So, it's a festival celebrating usually the different United States cultures and kind of celebrating that and there's just different aspects. There's the arts part, there's a history part as as a Smithsonian would, there's an educational component to it as well. But then they also mix in fun activations and activities throughout, whether it be an art installation, like a live mural going, or if it's more of a food demo, they have a little bit of everything kind of mixed in for almost a full week, except they take a break on a Wednesday. <laughs> they like take a break, redo it, and start up again on the th- following Thursday. So it's a kind of an almost week-long festival that's going to be on the National Mall um, during Fourth of July week. So historically, there's like been a couple of themes mm-hmm. uh, each year. What what are the regions they're highlighting this time? This year, it's the Ozarks. All right. So, what is cool about the Ozarks? Like, are they going to serve? Like, is there Ozark food? Is there drink uh, music? Yeah. So, like beyond Netflix is yeah beyond Netflix is plug for Ozark. Uh, it's the Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Illinois region, and so that has a whole group of different kind of cultures, both historically as well as modern day. And so one of the most interesting things they keep touching on throughout the whole week is corn, because corn is one of of a a big um, agricultural 
producing there. So they have um, corn demos, they have corn history, but that's not the only thing. They also talk about pies and they also talk about the Mexican influence recently into the food scene. So there's different levels throughout the whole week that you can go to these tutorials. You can try the food, you can learn about recipes. And then they also have like art components, such as like a sawdust carpet in the beginning, which is a Mexican heritage um, type of um, art installation. They have a live active murals going, about calligraphy as well. They'll just have different types of art throughout, as well as um, live music. And this goes on for a bunch of days, right? Yes. It's a it's a process, a long time. <laughs> but it's cool because it's free because it's Smithsonian. And it's free, right. Yeah. Um, and there are so many things. If you were making a list, what would you prioritize? Oh, see, I love food. <laughs> so I think the food activations were really cool. That's what got me excited. It's like the idea of a pie contest, as well as you know, trying different corn uh, recipes was cool. But then I also love the art scene. So seeing a, a muralist actively work, she's also an opera singer, so she might be singing as well, which is kind of interesting to me. Uh, there's a lot of cool different um, activations that are unique that you might not see every day. And then there's also um, a bike trail tour for people that are more active. There's bluegrass playing. Um, Wait, like bike trails of the Ozarks or of D.C.? They are doing bike tours. Uh, they have a separate area for it, but they're going to do a tour about with bikes in a connection to the festival. So it's it's not exactly at the National Mall, but it's a little off the off the path for it. Uh, yeah, so it's like they ha- kind of have different activations that are a little off-site as well, that are more active. And their website lets you like filter by category, which is pretty helpful. You filter by category, you filter by day, it's color-coded. Even though it's kind of overwhelming with all the things they have, it makes it as easy and streamlined as possible if you're looking for a certain thing that interests you. Another uh, well-established festival, they're not quite as old as the Folklife Festival, is the Capitol Fringe, which is a local theater festival that happens in the middle of July. What is the story there? It is one of my favorites, <laughs> so I'm very excited to talk about this. It is a 10-day festival of different productions, predominantly created by DMV locals. And it features 300-plus artists with a myriad of shows that they play throughout the day at different locations throughout the D.C. Um, area. It's mostly in Georgetown DuPont Circle. But um, the cool thing about it is that they have kind of free reign on what they want to cover a feature in the play or in the show. And... Julianne Branza, who is the founder of the group, she just lets people have a lot of agency on what they want to write and play and produce and follows through with it. So it's just a fun time with a range of different topics that are covered throughout the different plays. So they always do something special to set each year apart. What is the theme this year? Life gives you lemons, which I think is kind of perfect with the current state of the world. Uh, It's like finding the finding the silver lining of it all, which is what the theme seems to be. And that kind of also creates a vague um, interpretation for as many different ways you want to go. And there's everything from sip and paint stories to um, serious topics like the AIDS quilt and the Charlottesville riots to more loose fun things like uh, pride brunches and and a mermaid from Berlin talking about sex. So there's just all this different range of different types of plays that you can see here, and you're seeing authentic, original artists at their at their best. Will there be a lemonade stand? I really hope so. <laughs> so tell me, tell me what you're going to go to. Uh, I really there's this one about um, a woman grappling with whether she's going to go to a convent or, but she doesn't believe in celibacy, so she's grappling with that. And then there was another one where she's talking about her life in D.C. and the different kind of 
pitfalls and things that she goes through that should be the comedy kind of set play. And then there's one more with um, that I kind of want to see, which is about a man who's coming out of the pandemic and wants to kind of just go through de- uh, like a road trip of debauchery and is still trying to find dignity post-pandemic. So that one sounds fun too. So there are like, as you say, tons and tons of, of, of shows within the Capital Fringe Festival. Where should people go to find out what the programming is and how they can you know, pick something that they like? So you can head over to capitalfringe.org and they will have a full list of where, which location first, because there's several different venues, and then also um, when and what type of play, the little synopsis of what the play is. And how much do shows cost? So they used to have um, a membership pass where you could go to multiple days, but they're doing what they did last year, which is a $15 per show. So it is really more about picking the shows that you want to see instead of just mm-hmm. going for a full day and going back to back plays, which might help with the, you know, keeping sane. Because <laughs> it's it is there is like I think eight plays sometimes in one day. If you buy tickets for a a show at a DC theater, what what do you what, what are those going to cost? Oh, I mean, just I mean, for comparison's sake, so it can go anywhere from like on the low end thirty five to fifty, on the high end anywhere from hundred plus to two hundred plus. So it's, so it's, it's a bargain. It's a bargain, and you get to see. Usually, when artists are just starting off, you get to see their most creative. This will give you the chance to see some wild, cool stories that might not always be allowed. <laughs> All right, so way, way, way down the line, it might not even technically be summer anymore because it'll be the end of September, something called the World Culture Festival. It's new. There's ads for it all over the place. Um, What's the deal here? It is still kind of coming out deep bits and details to the the media world. So we're all kind of trying to figure it out as well. But it's supposed to be an amalgamation of just different countries coming together with their music and culture. And I think that's going to include concerts. I think that's going to include just kind of a whole celebration of cultures coming together and showing their their music and art and talent. Um, it's on the National Mall, which is, so it's kind of taking Smithsonian's folk life a little bit later on, like it's taking over its same kind of space. But then the actual programming is still kind of a secret. All right, so the, the, these advertisements and stuff, they're not free. Who is behind this? Who's funding this? So the Art of Living is a foundation of, yoga meditation organization that you know promotes spirituality and things like that but the festival is more about from my understanding cultural indigenous traditions that they're celebrating from different parts of the world but there is to keep in mind there's that aspect too who is running it as well (laughs) and uh you say the details are are still a little bit uh, unclear and they'll be coming out where can we find out more as the months go by there is their website um they have updated as of now to getting your free pass without much detail. And then they also have press releases that are coming out across the media platforms. So you should probably be on the lookout from your favorite media source, um, who would probably giving you little bits and pieces as they get bits and pieces. All right, so beyond these like like sort of big ones with like music and, and taking over large chunks of public space and, and so on, there are just a ton over the course of the next months of food and beer and wine festivals sprinkled throughout the summer. Typically, you'll pay an entry fee and then you get a bunch of stuff from table to table. They all work a little bit differently. Tell me how to maximize my experience. 
there are enough free festivals. So, so first look for those. <laughs> I know it sounds a little frugal of me, a little cheap of me, but there we also are in a city where there's a lot of public museums and public art. And there are a lot of collectives, art collectives, like um, No Kings, that offer a lot of free events. So first and foremost, look for the free ones. And then if you really, really have your heart set on something that's a little more niche and has, you know, and you think it's worth your buck, go for those ones. But first, look at the free offerings because we have a pretty wide selection in D.C. Within the food festival circuit, what are some of the highlights as far as you're concerned? So my favorites um, do tend to come in the late summer, early spring, I mean, early fall, around September, October time is when you'll get like Snallygaster and some of the, like, the classic wine festivals. What's Snallygaster? Snallygaster is one of the biggest beer festivals um, in the region. And it brings a lot of people from across even the country to come for it. Huh. And there's, yeah, it's it's usually done around the Pennsylvania Avenue. So there are festivals like that to be look out for for later on. But there's also a lot of times um, breweries are hosting things. Pop-ups are throughout every week. So there's a lot more smaller ones, too, to look for. And I would also encourage you to follow your favorite collectives and your following um, like smaller groups who offer free things like No Kings. Nicole, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it was really fun. Before you go, here is some quick news. The Senate reached a preliminary deal to add four long-distance flights at Reagan National Airport. D.C. area lawmakers and the airport's management are not fans of these changes. The deal has a ways to go before becoming law, but it's a tentative win for the Delta-led group lobbying for more long-distance service at the airport. Meanwhile, a new D.C. Council bill would require the city's emergency call and dispatch agency to release more information about their mistakes. The bill calls on them to publicly post data monthly, including info such as descriptions of errors, response times, and staffing levels. This bill is in response to years of mistakes, some fatal by the agency. Got our episode on this in the show notes. Also, parents with kids at DC's Mundo Verde Bilingual Public Charter School are angry about the high level of teacher turnover. Last week, several families protested outside the school. Their demands include meetings with the school leadership, more open communication with the community, and a clear path to address learning loss. And lastly, workers at the district's Department of Motor Vehicles say the agency's computer system is too old and too buggy to accurately manage drivers' records, which makes it hard to keep bad actors off the roads. A recent crash on Rock Creek Parkway killed three people, and it came out that the driver had multiple DUI convictions, but still somehow had a working license. The DMV says that the system to suspend licenses is technologically behind, and without a plan to fix it, more suspensions will fall through the cracks. And that's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, throw a street party and tell everyone. And subscribe to our morning newsletter by texting DC, that's D-C, to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.